Jesus spoke some powerful words of encouragement to his followers. You know, um, when Jesus speaks, man, we want to listen, not just with our ears, but with our heart. And so Jesus spoke to his followers in a very special way. And when he spoke to them, he spoke to us. You say, Brother Fred, what what word of encouragement did Jesus give to his followers, to his disciples? Well, let's look and see. John chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. Jesus said these words. Man, what words of encouragement they are. These things have I spoken to you while being present with you. And then he went on and said in verse 27, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And then these words, we ought to just ask him to burn in our heart. Look what he said. This is word of encouragement to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Man, I need that, Lord. Man, peace in this troubled world? Peace in my troubled life? Peace when everything around us seems to be falling apart? When direction seems to be lost and everybody does what's right in their own eyes? Lord, I, I need peace. Peace I leave with you. My, my peace. Now, listen. It's the peace of Jesus. Do you understand whose peace it is? It's the peace of Jesus. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. The world can't give you peace. Can't do it. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. And listen to this. Let not your heart be troubled. And don't let it be afraid. Wow. If there was ever a time when it was easy for your heart to be troubled, it is now. And if there was ever a time when the enemy seems to come with like fear, saying, what if? It's today. But Jesus said, let me tell you something. I'm giving you peace, and it's my peace. The peace that I lived in. Hey, by the way, what kind of peace did Jesus live in? What kind of peace did Jesus have? He said he's given us his peace. Well, I'd like to know what kind of peace he had. My peace I give unto you. He said, now don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. <clears throat> well, a little while, a little later, he was speaking to his followers again. And by the way, he gave them the same encouragement. It's in John chapter 16, verse 33. I want you to listen to what Jesus said. These things have I spoken unto you that in me, now you've got to go back into what he's saying. He said, it's my peace. These things have I spoken unto you that in me, you might have peace. He's, your peace is going to be found in me. It's my peace that in me, you might have peace. Now in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, I just want to talk about 
the peace of Jesus. I mean, uh, he said he was giving us his peace. By the way, in that verse 16, he said, these things have I spoken unto you. Well, what did he speak to him? He said, now I've spoken these things to you and that in me, you might have peace. Well, what did he speak? Well, in chapter 16, verse one, you know what he told them? He told them that they were going to go through great tribulation and they were going to have great trial. Boy, you know, this, this had to be sobering. In verse 16 of John, it says, verse one, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. He said, now look what they're going to do. They're going to put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you thinks that they offer God's service. Did you know that's happening all over the world today? They, they say, we're killing Christians. We're killing Jews. That's what God told us to do. We're pleasing God. Jesus said, the time is going to come when they kill you that they think you're doing God's service. These things have I spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue just the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And in these days, they will do to you but known the Father nor me. Every bit of that was accomplished in the disciples. They were all put out of the synagogues. They were all killed. Every one of them died a martyr's death. Every one of them. But then he goes on, on down. And so it was in that context, he said, now, I've spoken this so that you and me, you might have peace. But then you go on down a little further, and he, and he tells them something else that really should encourage us. And, and it's um, in that same 16th chapter, in verse 16, listen to what he says. A little while, and you will not see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me, because I go to my Father. Now, the disciples said, what is he talking about? He says, pretty soon you're not going to see me, and you're going to weep. But then, in a little while, you're going to see me. Well, say, what in the world are you talking about? And so Jesus explained to them that what he was talking about was his death and resurrection. He was talking about the cross and the resurrection. He said, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to lay in a tomb for three days, three nights, and you're not going to see me. And, and the world's going to rejoice, but you're going to lament. But you'll see me again because I'm going to rise the third day. Look in verse 20. More, most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, but your joy will be turned, but your sorrow will be turned, uh, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. It says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but when I see you again, your heart will rejoice and no joy will the world be able to take from you. Verse 22. So he said, listen, there's going to be persecution. I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again and I'm going to give you joy and the world's not going to be able to take it from you. Okay. What I want to know is this. Jesus promised me and he promised you that he'd give us his peace. I need it. All right, so what is it? What is the peace of Jesus? Well, the peace that Jesus walked in, the personal peace of Jesus was in the midst of a life filled with turmoil, misunderstanding, rejection, opposition, 
You see, Jesus did not live a peaceful life. He didn't. Even when he was born, Herod ordered all the children killed because he wanted Jesus killed. And that's why he took him into, took him into Egypt. And when I said, Lord, you said you're going to give me your peace. Well, that was a peace that was in the midst of constant opposition and constant conflict and constant turmoil. But in that, you said, I, that's, I had peace, and I'm going to give you that kind of peace. Do you know that uh, Isaiah told us the kind of peace Jesus, the kind of life Jesus was going to have, uh, the kind of peace he was going to have in the midst of his life? I want you to listen to Isaiah 53. Now listen to the life of Jesus. And remember, he said, in this life, this kind of life, I'm going to give you peace. It's going to be my peace. And the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. Well, what kind of life was it? Well, in verse 3 of Isaiah, he's despised and rejected by men. I'm going to show you two or three examples of that. He's despised and rejected by men. He's a man of sorrows. Well, Jesus, you said you had peace. He said, I did. But you were a man of sorrow. He said, I had peace in the midst of my sorrows. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. He has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. What kind of life did Jesus have? He was, the next verse, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, and he opened not his mouth. You know what really grabbed me? Jesus said, listen, I'm going to give you peace. My peace I give to you. He said, in me you're going to have peace. And you know what he was saying? You'll never face any difficulty, any heartache, any tragedy, any rejection that was greater than I did. So the peace I'm going to give you is not the absence of trials. It's not the absence of storms. It's not the absence of rejection or opposition. The peace I'm going to give you is the peace that I had when I was despised and rejected by men. You know, everybody should have loved Jesus. Everybody should have embraced him. They should have. All he did was heal people, deliver people, speak the truth to people. But you know, opposition after opposition. Like he was always in spiritual warfare. Jesus was always fighting the devil. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 it says, And Jesus having been baptized was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But you know what? In the wilderness, when the devil tempted him, guess what? Jesus had peace. And he finally said to the devil, get out of here. You have no right with me. Jesus had peace in the midst of spiritual warfare. And Jesus had peace when he was falsely accused. You know, they were always falsely accusing Jesus. In the ninth chapter of Matthew, you, you'll find them falsely accusing Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 9, 
Let me find out exactly what verse it is. Verse 2, it says here, Then then behold, they brought to him a paralytic, lying on a bed. When When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be, good, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven. Well, everybody should have joyce, rejoiced. No, the Pharisees didn't. Look what they did. They accused him of being a blasphemer. And, 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 and at once, some of the scribes and Pharisees within themselves said, This man is a blasphemer. Hey, Jesus had peace in spiritual warfare. He had peace when he was falsely accused. Luke eleven fifteen. We we that we, we see where they accuse Jesus of, of casting out devils by the power of devils. It says, but some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And see, so they were constantly, constantly falsely accusing Jesus. You had peace when they accused him, though. You know, they Jesus had peace uh, when they hated him and plotted to kill him. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus had healed a, a, a man on the Sabbath day. Now, here's religion. Religion's more concerned about the rules than it is the heart. Religion's more concerned about exterior things than interior things. So here is this man with a withered hand on the Sabbath day. Then Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as the other. Well, everybody's going to rejoice, Right? Oh, no, no, no. They, they hated him. Look what it says in verse 14. After he did that on the Sabbath day, then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. You know, when they plotted to kill him, Jesus had peace. So when he was in spiritual warfare, when he was falsely accused, when he was hated and they planned and plotted to kill him. By the way, he went back to Nazareth where he was raised up and they rejected him, his hometown. My heavens, Jesus, how in the world did you have peace? And, and everywhere you turned, you, you were being wounded and hurt and rejected and falsely accused and fighting the devil. How in the world did you ever have peace? In Luke chapter 4, verse 24, they just... Uh, Man, in, in Nazareth, you, then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And he told them about how he was going to be rejected. And then if you look at the next verse there, in verse uh, 25, But I'll tell you, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. And when the heaven was shut up, there were years, three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. And then it says here, Uh, But Elijah was sent to none of them in verse 26. Let's move on to the next verse. And many lepers in that time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was healed except the Syrian. Let's go on to the next verse. And so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And you know what they did? They ran Jesus out of town. They ran him out of his hometown. Now, this is the same one who said to me, hey, Fred, Bill, Sue, Jane, I'm going to give you my peace. My peace I give unto you. Hey, by the way, 
I've spoken these things so that you and me, you might have peace. Now, here's the thing that encourages me. The peace that Jesus offers us is peace in the worst of times, in the worst of storms, in the worst of difficulties. It's not when the wind's at your back and you're, not, and you're going downhill. It's not when everything's just fine. It's not when everyone's applauding you and encouraging you. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something. I lived my life despised and rejected by men, disappointed, hated, falsely accused. He said, but I'm telling you, I never lost my peace. I never lost it. And that's the kind of peace I'm going to give to you. That's peace that will sustain you, whatever you face, whatever valley you walk through, whatever mountain you face, I'm going to give you my peace, and in in, in me you are going to find peace. Well, I need to ask a question and answer it. Where did Jesus get this kind of peace? He had it. I never heard Jesus complain. I never heard him say, well, why is this happening to me? I mean, hey, he just... He never lost an ounce of time being concerned about what he was facing. He just steadfastly moved ahead in the will of God. Well, where in the world did he get that kind of peace? That's what I want to know. Where did it come from? Well, he tells us in John 14, 10 and 11. I want you to listen to the peace he had. And friend, I want you to know this is where the same place Jesus got his peace is where we'll get ours. In John 14, 10 and 11, he said, do you not believe that I am in my father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my authority. Are you listening? But the father who dwells in me does the work. Oh, he said, I'm an absolute perfect harmony with my father. I am surrendered and dependent on him. And the father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. In another verse, Jesus said, he said, whatever I hear the father say in John 5, 19 and 20 says, whatever I hear the father say, I see, I say, Whatever I see the fathers do, I do. I do nothing of myself. Hey, listen. Jesus got his peace. Now stay with me. By being totally surrendered to and in perfect fellowship with the Father and allowing the Father who dwelled in him to be his peace and to do his work through him. It was his intimate relationship with his heavenly Father Jesus never lost contact with his heavenly father. He never, ever did anything unless he saw his father do it. He never said anything unless he heard his father say it. His life was an absolute dependence on the father. And it was the peace of his father. It was the peace of his father that, get, that Jesus lived in. And when he was lied about, Jesus said, Father, you know. When he was falsely accused, he said, Father, I'm right where you want me to be. When they plotted to kill him, he said, Father, my life's in your hands. It's not whether I live or die. It's whether I please you. Jesus' peace came because he was one with his Father. 
The Father dwelt in him without measure in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had an intimate walk with his Father every day. And he listened to what his Father said. And he did what his Father did. And by the way, can I tell you something else? Where his peace, how he had that peace, the presence of the Father in his life. But man, he, he was a man of prayer. Did you know Jesus prayed? My goodness, he, he, he was a powerful prayer. In Mark 14, verse 31, it says, Arising a great while before day, Jesus departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mark, Jesus went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You see, the peace of Jesus came from his absolute surrender to and absolute dependence on the Father. Mark, four, Mark chapter 1. In Matthew 14, you know what it says? Matthew 14, verse 23 says, He had fed the 5,000, and when he sent the multitudes away, he went into a, mount, a, a mountain alone, and there he prayed. Okay. I don't have to tell you, you'll never face what Jesus faced. You will face some of it. You'll never go, th- go through the depths of what Jesus went through. Despised, rejected, lied, falsely accused, attacked by the devil. But you know he never lost his peace because he was in fellowship with the Father. The Father dwelled in him and he was surrendered to the Father and he depended on the Father and you couldn't shake him. You couldn't shake him. Well, listen, when they came to take him to the cross, the Roman soldiers came. He said, why in the world did you bring a legion of soldiers down here to get me, the Nazarene? Why did you do that? And, and, and Peter took out his sword, you know, and he cut off the ear of the high priest. You say, well, why did he cut off his ear? He was trying to cut off his head, but he just missed. Jesus said, put that sword down. They couldn't touch me unless the Father allowed it. See, listen, Jesus had peace. But it came from surrender and communication and trust in the Father. And he said, I'm going to give that peace to you. That's the kind of peace I'm going to give you. Brother, I need it now and we'll need it in days to come. But now I want to talk about Jesus and being the peace, Jesus' peace in you. So we know where he got his from. And we know it was in the midst of turmoil. But what about Jesus, our peace? In the midst of troubled times, personal and worldwide, the same peace that Jesus had is the peace that he gives to us. Now, it's not complicated, y'all. I want to talk about how we can live with the peace of Jesus operating in our life. And we, you, you, you need it now and you're going to need it in the days to come. In the midst of chaos and confusion, peace. In the midst of trouble and triumph, peace. Well, where where does it come from? The presence of Jesus in our life. Now, let me say something. You know, if you are a child of God, Jesus is not in heaven and you down here. If you are a child of God, Jesus went back to the right hand of the Father, but he sent his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, to live in us. Now, I want you to hear me. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it is Christ in you by his spirit that is the hope of glory. And we're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, not I, but Christ lives in me. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting excited. Jesus lives inside of me. 
And Jesus lives inside of you. And if you've got Jesus in you, Jesus plus one is a majority. And boy, the peace comes from knowing, man, there's the presence of Jesus in my life. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so it is the presence of Jesus in our life that gives us his peace. But now, wait a minute. Now, this is going to help you. It's going to help you. Well, how do we abide in it? Open your Bibles to John chapter 15. And, and, and as I was thinking about this, the Lord said, now, this is the way you walk in my peace. I'm going to tell you all something. Sometimes I'm troubled, and, you know, I hold on to my troubles, and, and I want to fret about them and worry about them, and I want to analyze them and scrutinize them. I don't need to do that. I need to just get my eyes off my troubles and on to Jesus. Does that mean the trouble goes away? No, it doesn't immediately go away. It will eventually if you'll just keep your eyes on Jesus. But it means this, that you'll have peace and, and the trouble won't overcome you. You'll overcome the trouble. Amen? All right, so listen in John 15. He said, this is how you live in my peace. In John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me. Well, he goes back earlier and says, I'm the vine. You know what a vine is. And you're the branches. Well, you know what a branch is. You know what a branch is. He said, I'm the vine now. And my, uh, uh, my vine is, was hooked up to my father. And, and you're, you're a branch and you're hooked into me. And my, the life that flows from the father is flowing into me. And the life that's flowing into me is flowing into you because you're the branch. Okay. He said, I, and he goes on and says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And then in verse 4, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. The, what is, by the way, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, what's the next thing? Peace. Oh, peace. Abide in me, and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He said, now here's the key to walking and living in my peace. You've got to abide in me. I live in you, but you've got to abide in me. Well, what does that mean? He goes on and says in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do, what is that verse? Nothing. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. You, you gave us a lot of ability. You gave us personalities. You gave us abilities. You gave us gifts. What do you mean? I can't do anything without you. What do you mean? You know, that's the problem today. The church of Jesus Christ is trying to do things without him. A.W. Tozer said you could remove the Holy Spirit from 90% of the churches and they'd keep on doing just like they've always done. He said, abide in me and I in you, for without me, you can do nothing. You won't overcome. You won't have peace. You won't be victorious without me. You've got to abide in me. You have got to stay plugged into the vine with nothing keeping my life from flowing into you. 
You see, the receiving and living in Jesus' peace is abiding in him, abiding in him. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Uh, He who abides in me bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Look at verse 7. And if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it will be done to you. Listen, you just stay plugged into me and you pray and I'll answer you. I'll answer you. Okay? Stay in fellowship with me. Abide in me and I in you uh, and ask what you will and it'll be done for you. Verse 8, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Verse 9, now this ought to encourage you. As the father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. Wow, do you know what Jesus said? Do you know what he just said to you? As the Father loved me, I love you with the same love my Father loved me. You know, I I am greatly loved. Did you know? Every one of you as a child of God is greatly loved. As the Father loved loved Jesus. That's the way Jesus loves you. No wonder in him we find peace. So our peace comes from abiding in Christ, from from being in the presence of Christ and realizing that he is our life and our source and that 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 he loves us. Verse 11, he says, these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Then he said in verse 14 and 15, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. We sang earlier, I am a friend of God. He said, yeah, you're my friend. And your your evidence of my friendship is you're obeying me. I no longer call you servants. Look at verse 15. The servant does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends for all the things I've heard from my father I've made known to you. Okay, I'm going to sum it up and it's simple. How do you live and walk in the peace of Jesus Christ. It is by his presence. And it is by you abiding and me abiding in him. Now, to me, abiding in Jesus means the same way Jesus abided in his Father. Number one, you live in surrender to him. Now listen, if Jesus is Lord and he is, then he has authority in all of your life. The Bible says you're not your own, you're bought with a price. Lord, I'm not my own, no. You you belong to me. You were purchased not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. So, you know how you live in the peace of Jesus? You abide in him. You know how you abide in him? By total surrender. Total surrender. Now, Lord, you can be, Lord, Lord, I give you this part of my life, but I don't want you to touch that part of my life. Now, Lord, you know, I mean, I'm giving you 90% of my life, but I, that's my 10%, and don't you mess with it. You're in trouble. I'm telling you, you're in trouble. God doesn't operate that way. If, you don't, he, if he only has 90%, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Hey, does that mean, Brother Fred, you live a totally surrendered life all the time? That is your choice. That is your desire. Sometimes you may miss it, but you never stop aiming at it. You've got to live in complete surrender. But you've got to depend on him. 
Quit trying to work it out in your own energy. Quit trying to work it out in your own flesh. Just trust, just, just absolutely trust in, trust Jesus. Trust him with it. You not only surrender to him, but you depend on him. Lord, I can't work this problem out, but you can and you live in me and I refuse to worry and fret. I, I choose to pray and I am going to trust you to work this problem out. And, and that's where his peace is. By the way, Jesus didn't say this. Yes, he did. He said it to Paul in the desert when he taught him. And then Paul wrote it in, uh, in Philippians. You know what he said about abiding in Christ? Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything. No, just the big things, Brother Fred. I'm not going to bother God with the little things. There's no little things as far as God is concerned. But in everything, by prayer, crying out to God, supplication, and with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. With prayer and thanksgiving. Let every, but let everything be known. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Well, what happens when you pray and trust God? And the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. How do you abide in Christ? Total surrender. Absolute dependence. And then you do what Jesus did. You communicate with the Father. You communicate with him. You know what Jesus said? He gave us two promises about prayer. In, 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 in the book of John chapter 15, Verse 16, he said, no longer do I call you servants. No, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And that you should, not, you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now listen to this. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it unto you. See, Jesus Christ lives in us. It is his presence that brings his peace. And it is when we surrender to him, we abide in him, and we trust him. And we depend on him that we find his peace in any situation we're in. And then when we pray about it, we just find the peace of God even becomes greater in our hearts. And it passes our understanding. And when we ask the Father in Jesus' name, he hears us and grants it. And then there's one other verse that just shows you how you abide in Christ. He lives in you. It's his presence. You surrender to him. You depend on him. You don't operate independently from him ever. And you call on him. You pray to him. You say, Father, in Jesus' name. But also Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 1, that men and women ought always to pray and not to give up. You know when, you, when the peace of Jesus really operates in your life? When you're abiding in him, of course, and you're surrendered to him, and you're depending on him, and you're looking to him, and he's your life, and you don't just check with him in, in with him on Sunday at 9.30. Now, if that's the only time you're checking in with Jesus on, uh, is 9.30 on Sunday, you're in deep trouble, and you're not going to have peace, okay? But if you check in with him every day, and you say, Lord, you're my life, 
you're the vine and I'm a branch and your life is flowing into me. And I want you to know today, Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm, I want your wisdom. I want your discernment. I want your understanding. I want your direction. I want to hear your voice and I want to do your will. Lord, I want you to know I'm, the communication line is open. Then something comes into your life and you just go to the Father, Father, and Jesus said, if I had any situation to come to you in his name, and here I am in his name, and you pray about it. And then, you know, it doesn't, always, it doesn't happen all of a sudden, but you say, I'm not going to give up, so I'm just going to keep praying. Men ought always to pray and not to give up. Now, let me say this. Why is this so important? I don't know what the future holds, except I do know this. Hallelujah. One day Jesus is coming back. Amen. And one day he's going to bring everything to a close. And I'm telling you, I'm not looking to man. I'm looking for Jesus to come. But until he comes, then I know this. In these chaotic, uncertain times, that if you abide in Jesus Christ, he's promised you his peace. And he said that it was peace was in him and he would give it to you. My peace I give unto you. So you just got to abide in Jesus. I mean, you, you know, I don't know why God keeps reminding me this story. And I'm going to close with this. The, the, the young Jewish boys went through schools. And if you got through all the schools, then you would become discipled by a rabbi. In other words, it'd be one on one, the rabbi and you. And that was the height in the Orthodox Jewish faith of anybody's life. But you know what they said about those who were following the rabbi? You know, they didn't have paved roads then, back in Jesus' day. He said they were covered with the dust of their rabbi. They stayed so close to the rabbi that when he walked, his dust covered him. Let me tell you something. You need to stay so close to Jesus that you'll be covered by him. You'll be covered by the dust of the Savior. And his peace will be your peace, and you will be amazed how you're not letting trouble and fear overcome your life.